shorts Snap back trucker hat from a band I adore Loaded up my work truck with a bucket of rusty tools About to make a buck coping to get back my new Ranches and farms, and now it's overpopulated. 
coins, saving up coins in a can. She got herself a new life, a new child, a new man on the side. Things were looking bright. She was firing it up every night.
Raining down 
Monkey Music Show, Taylor and Mark Knight. How are you? Good. How's it going, Sean? It's going well. It's going well. I, I, I'm, I'm excited. And I want to thank you for letting me have a, a listen to this new album. Been privileged, and uh, it's been a great week listening to it. You got it. This album, I gotta be honest with you, it's fantastic. Like, I messaged you right away. Like, <laughs> I was expecting, I was expecting a good album, so it's not a slide to you. I was expecting. I already had like the level of what I expected from you. But you you doubled it like your 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 vocals. It's like it's like you have like new voices. It's like the 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 heart and soul and in, in the in the solos. It's like it's it's so emotional. It's so, like every song is is just like a home run. And uh, oh man, that's um, unbelievable because you're the first piece person that's got their ears on it. So that is just uh, that's good news. That feels good. Thank you. I'm glad you. Yeah, uh, you're feeling that oh you're welcome it's it's like it's, it's like it's like anybody that loves your other albums this is like this would be like a greatest hits version of it just because it's everything that you love about you but it's like 100 percent on top of that like it's all my favorite parts just but but it's all there i mean because uh, you, you, you've added so much i mean because as we've talked i'm a singer songwriter lover too we love tom petty we have a lot of common interests we talked about <laughs> yeah so i feel comfortable i was listening listening to tom petty that day when you when you sent me this, when I got this in my Dropbox, and I went right into hearing this, and it fits like it fits in that singer songwriter. It's very full sounding. It doesn't sound like it's just like this one person. The the songs are like they feel like classic rock in a way, Americana. Like and there's not a one genre either. The album kind of feels like it has like a, a broader um, stroke of the paintbrush than just one thing. You know, definitely a roots rock. Oh. I think it might be because no one was overlooking the process. It was just me and me, me myself and I doing it. And I was just like, I'm gonna do this till I, I'm happy with it. I don't want anybody telling me that they think the vocal's good or bad or needs to do this or do that. I, I just kind of went with um, what just I felt was right for the songs. And, and you know, I ended up talking to myself half the time making the record because I know where you bounce ideas off of. So I'm like, yeah, you know, I think I could do better. <laughs> I give it another shot, or I'd be like, "That felt really good. I'm never going to beat that." So then I leave it, you know. And uh, especially with the vocals, because the vocals, you know, you always kind of want somebody to bounce ideas off of and stuff. The same with the guitar playing. I kind of I, I I went after it like until I felt it was right, and I sank kind of sunk into the vibe for the song. Um, and then I realized that that I was in the zone where I felt like, okay, that's cool. Don't mess with it. Just move on. So it was it was interesting process this time around. Well, that might be it right there. I mean, because I've heard like vocally, 
this is your best vocal performance. And I almost wonder, like, I feel oh, like you man. put it all out there privately. And then I think you, you put it out there, like with no, no one holding you back you, and you push yourself that much because you hit notes and you hit certain vocal parts. So I didn't ever heard your voice do that before. Yeah, and I kind of branched, like, I branched out. I went for it. You know, I kind of went for it on some stuff. Like, I, I don't use a lot of the, like, um, you know, there's certain things I've never done before vocally. And I just, I heard it in my head and I'm like, you know, I practiced it enough on my own. I feel like, let's just give it a shot. And if it, if it sounds fabricated or not real, then I'm not going to keep it. But, you know, I get a couple performances where I'm like, you know, the falsetto stuff, I've never really used a lot of that. And I said, well, eh, I don't know. It sounds good to me. That's what I hear. So, you know, let it fly. It does. And I, th and I think that's what happens. It feels you, you, what was great is I think you've actually sang in a couple different voices. So it wasn't like, it was just like you being on top of you, you actually complimented yourself with different tones, like different colors, just like, like you with the guitar, like your guitar solos, each guitar solo sounds different. It's does it even has a different tone or a slide, <laughs> like everything you got some piano or like, you've got lots of different flavors in there. Just I try to mix it up. I, I, I use different guitars for different things. Uh, I mess with different effects because I had the time. So I'm sitting around in my home studio going, yeah, let's try this effect with this guitar. You know, I had a time to kind of mess around with it. It wasn't like, you know, coming and do all the solos in one day, you know, with one tone. So the amp was always the same. I didn't really change the amp a lot, but I did ch change the guitars a lot and I cleaned them up and um, I'd hear something in my head and just go for it. And I had the freedom to do that because, you know, I wasn't, there was no like pressure or time limit. It was just, you know, I could just try to get what I was hearing. And I think that's what made me happy about it. Like I'd pull stuff off and be like, that's exactly what I hear in my head. So that was cool. It, it is. And I think that it's like, the solos don't feel dated. I mean, it, it, they could be from, these solos would fit anywhere from between the seventies up until, of course, obviously, you know, the nineties up, you know, eighties to the nineties. Up until now, it's got that real rock and roll, the like like an R and B, but more, more like a roots and blues feel for for an R and B feel. I'm gonna say it it has it, well some of my favorite things from the 70s and 80s of a band or the solos, you know, of the Stones, of right. Petty, of some of the rock bands. It's got that emotion in the solo, and the solo kind of right. like a mini a mini mini orchestra of the song. You know what I mean? That next little oomph. I tried to make the solos to fit the songs as best as possible. I wasn't trying to like showboat my, you no, know, dexterity, my guitar playing. It was more about like focusing on the part to make the guitar solo as important as the vocal melody or whatever the song. So when I got to those solos, I'm like, you know, if it's just basic, you know, box blues scales that I got to use to make it fit a song like Shutdown, for example, like, you know, just stick to that because that just worked for the song. It wasn't like I'm, you know, I'm I'm trying to like do a bunch of fancy stuff to show off my play. <laughs> it was all song oriented. Well, I think one of my favorite phrases is, and this this album totally fits is 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 Are you serving the song? I mean, because a lot of musicians can overplay a song, oversing a song, and I, I mean any genres. And once you get to the point where you you're over you're overdoing your 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 shtick, the song becomes almost comical in a way. You know what I mean? Like it's up. Oh, that's you know what I mean? Like a spook. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but but if you actually hold back and you do your skills to the songs, that's you serving a song. And I don't think you've overplayed or overstayed anything. And, and I know you held back as a player. 
on some of the guitar parts just to have a good melodic guitar solo like was really tasteful you know yeah you know and i pieced it together so it was kind of like it was like art in motion you know it wasn't like i had like worked all these parts out i just did them as i went i had i had the freedom to sit there and like build this you know paint this picture as you would say you know and it was like well what kind of guitar solo would work for this song or you know and i leave those those you know four bar sections open maybe use the chorus progression for the solo to come in and like maybe lift that melody so i i kind of it was all kind of just natural the way it came together it wasn't real thought out it was real like okay let's try this oh, that's cool you know i don't know it's just it's just and i was really getting like I was getting really excited the way it was going by myself. I was just like, yeah, how's the music I thought I'd go tell my wife I'd run out of here and be like, this is like coming out so great. I can't believe this. You know, and then and then uh as as I progressed, you know, throughout the songs, you know, I'd send them out to Adam Hamilton and, and Wayne Lodi help work with this stuff. And they'd be like, This is this is great, man. You're on the right path. So it just kind of was a natural thing. There wasn't anybody overlooking it. There was nobody saying it's got to be done by this time. There was no financial backing behind it. It was just like, you know, me alone in this room where we are right here, like pulling it out of the hat, <laughs> yeah, basically. Well, but but it, but it worked, and I think, it, and I think, as an artist, sometimes that's the best thing to do. Like you have, you had no nothing to hold you. You had no rules. You had no pressure. You had nobody in the back of your mind. Even an artist wants to write for their own thing. Sometimes they got to think about uh, the label or this. What kind of am I writing for a blues? Am I you know? Is this kind of a bluesy label? Do I need to be more bluesy? Do I more this? I think your stuff in all these songs, like if you're a fan of like I keep saying Teddy, Tom Petty and the Early Stones, you're gonna like this album. If you love the the intelligence and the smart parts of the um the setups in the guitar solos and the guitar playing of bang tango does not sound like bang tango i'm gonna say that right now but as also a fan of bang tango there was always something in the guitar as a guitar player in the guitar solos it was always very smart and i always noticed that in songs that some of that same intelligence and how the songs were layered up because you are going to the songwriters still carries over into the style of your solo stuff it's thought out and it works with the song. So I don't know if anyone else is going to hear that, but I hear that same um, solo that works with the song. I, something about the playing, I, I'm not having the right words for it, but it, it, it just works. And I think the people who understand your solos will probably appreciate it, I, you know. Yeah, you know? I've always been real thoughtful of the solos. You know, all the Bang Tango stuff, I really thought those out. A lot of the harmony solos that I did with Kyle were real thought out. I, I'd work those out and bring them in and we'd put these harmonies together. And a lot of these these solos I did here, I'd find good melodies on the new record on, on Lonesome song, Songs. There'd be there'd be melodies I'd come up with and then I'd put a third or a fifth melody, uh, harmony underneath it real, and then mix it in nice where it kind of had like, uh, you know, like a vocal stack of harmonies kind of yes. but with the guitar. Maybe that's what it is, yeah. Like it yeah. feels like they're, you know, like they're still... Yeah, like the songs and the melodies and the riffs and, and, and the chord progressions are all friends. And they're all working together. Maybe that's what I feel carries over yeah. the theme of your songs because it doesn't feel like, you know, because some bands will have a solo and just go everywhere. Just as a solo I stick, to, I stick to, you, I stick to what, yeah, the, I just, you know, as far as the songwriter, you know, you want a, a good bed and a basic rhythm 
chord progression behind you to sing good melodies. I feel like I'm not out trying to like, you know, prog rock out and do like weird, weird progressions that are going to take, take away from the song. That's just me. I mean, some people do crazy stuff like that and it works, you know, there's bands that get experimental and, and, and go in different directions um, with chord progressions and moder you know, modulating to different keys throughout the song and doing stuff like that. You know, that's just not my style. I, I'm pretty basic rock and roll guy, you know, and, um, three to four song, chord songs work for me and you know you switch it up here and there and you add an, you know sometimes i add another bar or take away a bar on certain things to change it up going into the next progression those like little tricky things i they're like little little production things you do as a songwriter so it's not totally you know chorus verse chorus verse chorus solo, right. chorus you know? you know i just throw in little things and and sometimes you know, like a bridge or something, you know, but some of my songs don't even have bridges, you know, some of them are just two, two chords the whole time through, which is like, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I mean, you know, millions of people have done this, but this type of music I am influenced by and what I like, you know, I, I throw into my own songwriting. The, the thing is, obviously, there's a lot of chords that you can play the same chords and, you know, there's like three or four chords, but you can play like a billion popular songs. You can, you can hum along to those chords. Because it's the melody, so the chords don't always matter as much as the melody. But you really sing on this album. Huh. I mean, thank it, you, it's, man. Thank you. It, it's it's well, thank you. you. It's it's phenomenal. I mean, you really. I like the fact. I, I almost think you should never work with anybody ever again when you're recording these albums because the album is so huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got my vote. I mean, like literally, when I text you, I was in the third song or something. I was like, I actually sat down. I was doing stuff around the house. I actually, <laughs> I actually sat down. I'm like, I'm like, I'll listen to it now, and I'll listen to it all week and absorb it. And I'm like, damn, I literally had to sit down and listen to it. Like it totally just blew a hole my afternoon because I had to hear the whole thing. Um, right. And that's exciting to get an album like that to to, to be like. That's awesome, man. I love yeah. that. Great, great. Because I, like I said, no one's heard this. The only people that have heard this are the people that played on it. And, and my family, you know, that's about it. Like a couple friends I played a song or two for, yeah. but you know, I've never dumped the whole record on anybody. So when I sent it to you, I sent it to a couple other uh, friends of mine, like um, people like, uh, you know, um, other, other podcast guys I plan to do some stuff with, but it was like, uh, and you came back, I'm like, cause I'm like, oh, here we go. Boom. I wonder what he's going to think. And then like, I got that report from you. I was like, oh, you just, it was like this weight was lifted almost. And you're like, I made songs in, man. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I was like, it's yeah. true. I, I I get a lot of music sent to me. A lot. I, I get know. a lot of bands early. I get a lot regular bands, large bands. Um, I gotta tell you, like top ten for the year. I mean, this one really, really. I'm honest with you, because I mean, I, you know, I wouldn't save listening. Because <laughs> thank you, man. I thank you. You're welcome. But let's take a minute because this is we're actually so this, this is coming out to, on the day of the release, and if anybody sees it afterwards, that's fine. The information is still relevant. The album's still going to yep. be awesome the next day. Let's go through the tracks so okay. people are more familiar with it. We'll go through. So I always talk about this, and I always will. Uh, the lineup, the song track listing in an album matters to me. Right. It makes a huge difference. The continuity. This one is great. Like, I can't think of a song I would have mixed around. I even try to think about it. I'm like, what else would I do to make this better? Like I'm a like, different I, sequence? Of the yeah, sequence, sequence yeah. matters. And sometimes yeah, I can go yeah. with something like a good one. I'm like, but this one, I'll be honest with you, I don't think I could, I would do anything differently. Nice. I, I don't think I would. I'm looking at the list now, but in front of me, I'm thinking, 
because some of the songs hold back they, they are so different we'll start let's talk about beg beg is a good opening yeah you, you want to ex expand on beg a little bit because uh a big just had like this this natural rock and roll it kind of like kind of summed up the whole records uh, like with the sound it had it had kind of a lot of cool cool like um had a cool riff kind of crunchy rock and roll kind of a good groove and uh yeah. it just it, it just seemed like a good opener um lyrically it told a story of you know um you know some of my personal experiences during my life, you know, having kids, breaking out, you know, eventually re restarting a, a new life, kind of. Um, mm -hmm. And it was just kind of an opening to the record I thought was a good starting track. Originally, I was going to put San Fernando Valley, but my wife's like, begs the one, put that one first. I'm like, okay. 100% right. 100% right. So that yeah, was I a good kickoff to the record. It, you know, it wasn't some over-the-top barn burner, but it had like a rock and roll feel. It just... You know, it just it it to me it just it just had that certain like that vibe. I don't I don't even know how to like put a put a tag on it or call it or anything. It just felt right. And it had it had it just felt like it'd get people kind of sucked in a little bit to the start of the record. It has it has like a stonesy swag from the seventies, that, that like a riffy, you know, thing where it kind of yeah. feels like it. and then you, and you got you, you think, and then actually it's the first your first big chorus in it. You're singing a little bit differently, so it's kind of kind of like welcome everybody in. It's got an upbeat thing. It kind of sets a pace to the album. Um, yeah, it's nice, yeah. And, and it's kind of and it's, and it is familiar, and it's probably one of the more familiar ones of your last album too. Probably a really good transitional song. Has a little bit of new and a little bit of, you know, carryover from stuff you would have done in the last album. Now, my favorite part about it. My favorite part about it is is the guitar interplay I did was real. It was real like Keith Richards knockoff where I would. I was having fun recording those guitars because I'd put down a riff and then I'd play off that. I did a lot of weaving on it kind of with the guitars by myself. So I'd, I'd strap on a Les Paul and, you know, the telly was the initial guitar and then I'd switch it up. But the fun part for me was, you know, playing off of myself and finding those little holes and pockets. And there's a lot of, if you listen to it, it's pan hard left, right with those guitars. Yeah. That, that was a lot of fun. I did all the backgrounds on the whole record, or not all of them, but most of them. So that was also fun. Like I was doing, like you know, catching the catching certain lines here and there. It was real Stones influence, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like nothing here. Nothing in the album is like, oh, that's a so and so song. But it's it to me, it does feel like it's the seventies. And there's a lot of other bands, but let's be honest. For most people listening, the Stones generation are easy for people to reference, especially, you know, as their popularity. But there's other. I mean, I could hear the faces in it too, and I could talk about Humble Pie. But I might yeah. start losing. I might start losing people though. So I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'll make no, it's, that old it's, it's that old school production too. Like Adam, Adam mixed that. We, you know, real, real retro '70s. You know, real. Not a lot of stuff going on. No Hammond B organ in there. Just two guitars, some acoustic through the whole thing, bass and drums, and the vocals. And it was placed real spread out, so it sounds like that authentic kind of '70s mixes that. You just don't hear anymore. I mean, even with bands from that era, don't sound like that. They just don't do that anymore. We were going for that on the whole record. We were going for simplicity, um, nothing too fancy. Couple guitars spread left and right through the whole entire record. That was like kind of the the concept I had in mind with Adam too. We talked about it going into this. San Fernando Valley. Now you, you asked, this is going to be your first track. Obviously, that's got to be a favorite track, and it's very. 
probably most different track. It very much feels like um, so it's it's a really good song. I, I was telling you actually that would be a good song. I I think it'd be great if a uh, song like on an independent film or something. It's just something very. I mean, that's a story. This is a, that's a really good song with a really good story to it. Uh, vocals on it are great. I mean, once again, I think you kind of changed the vocals on this one, the way it was sang. I think I think maybe that as as changing up would be I think I'm singing a little bit higher up these days because my range has gotten a little bit better so I think maybe I can get I can chase down those higher melodies that I couldn't do your maybe two three records back so yeah. I think uh I I just I've just developed from doing it all these years I've gotten like a little bit stronger at my craft and able to reach those things and able to use that as a tool to write better songs or different songs, you know, because uh, I hear these things and now I can hit them. And um, with that song for me, it's it's like Adam said, he goes, you just wrote a, you just wrote an anthem here. He goes, this is like a, this is like an anthem song. He goes, this is, he like, he like, when, when we finished it, he's just like, this one's like special, you know? Um, and I think I was kind of telling the story of ending up back in the San Fernando Valley, like throughout my whole life. I've traveled all over, lived in different places, toured all over the world, and you know, ended up back back home where I grew up, and my whole family moved away, and they're gone. So here I am, back where, where we all started, and um, you know, and a lot of those descriptions of uh, the weather and you know the swamp cooler on the roof and uh, the winters never come because we have we've had endless endless seasons with no, no rain except for this year <laughs> but <laughs> before that i mean it just never got cool here so a lot of that was living in the san fernando valley you know and i grew up here and i mentioned a bunch of different you know um kind of like staple places that are in the neighborhood like you know dan super subs and all these little things that i kind of introducing people to some of the san fernando at least west side west west san fernando because that's where i'm from um, they're probably like, what is he even singing about? You know, I sing about skater cross, which is an old skateboard right. park we grew up skating in, which is, doesn't even exist anymore. So that was kind of fun just to wordplay and tell the story, as you said. It, it's great. It really takes you back. That's the kind of song, like, almost like a DJ could sneak that in to a song. It's like, like a 60s, 70s playlist and it would fit in and nobody would know it was a, a newer song. They just be like, I don't know that song. Who wrote that song? Like it would totally fit. Like, wow, I totally get cool. it. I, I totally think that I'm like, man, that, that's a really good song. I, I do think that's nice. one of your stronger songs on the album. I do think that would be a good lead off. Um, one of your, a couple of them here that I really love. I think that would be more of a more of a single. Um, Last night's parade is fun. It's kind of like you're talking. You're you're telling. Once again, it's a very storytelling album. As I hear it, you know, it's right. you know, um, Last night's parade is like you're kind of talking. It feels like you're talking and you're kind of you're, but you're like you're you're. You're thinking, talking as you as the song goes, like lyrically. Am I kind of on that spot? Was as far as that you're like you're. Yeah, you're that, that was kind of like that was kind of like pandemic era written, you know, like every day ends in day. You know, it's like the groundhog thing where we were just doing the same thing every day, and mm -hmm. um, you know, you know, I forget falling to sleep, you know, with the same old bad dreams, and just like a lot of it was me talking to myself, yeah, and then. And then I broke down to some personal scenarios with family members and stuff in it somewhere. But basically, it's it was like the pandemic groundhog feel. Like, we were just all stuck in this bubble doing the same thing every day. 
every day ends in day, you know. Um, um, and last night's parade is kind of like the madness that would go on probably in the evenings. And I'd wake up and it was like, wow, I, I can't deal with last night's parade, you know. And that that's yeah. where the title came from. So th th that's kind of that's that's the kind of the gist of that song. It's great. So <laughs> shut down. Love this song. Oh, thanks. Right on. One of my faves. <laughs> so different. I mean, so so different. I can't even think of a song of an artist. Oh, I probably could actually. I could probably think of maybe a Tom Petty song that isn't belongs to the same wheelhouse. It doesn't sound like it, but Cabin Down Below reminds me of Shut Down. Oh, yeah. Way, in a way that it feels like it's a story and the music is 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 different once again you're you're really reaching you're doing something different again with the music on this one um just like another left turn it's it's great it, I, I can't it, but it doesn't sound like anything either i can't compare it to anything you know what's interesting about i want to say a handful of these songs i uh you know, we were doing the Bang Tango reunion, and I was I was kind of writing some songs with Bang Tango in mind, um, and that just didn't pan out, just didn't work out. But I had like I don't know, probably half dozen songs written, and I was kind of like sending them out to uh, the singer in the band, and not getting a lot of feedback from him. I just wanted to go in and maybe try to work up a, a new original song. This is right after we we did the reunion, and we were we were talking about writing together maybe and. I figured maybe let's just give it a shot. So a lot of these songs I was kind of writing, throwing at him, and he was just not not biting. So I'm like, I'm not gonna waste these songs. So I ended up putting the melodies and lyrics and and writing these songs. Like Beg was one of them. Um, this one shut down. A couple other ones, um, but shut down. Like I just got this Martin guitar, this D18, like vintage. It's not vintage, but it was a, and it was. I wrote a lot of these. I was inspired from this guitar to write like maybe half dozen of these songs. And that was one of the first ones I wrote on it. And the first one we tracked for this record. Um, but that was also kind of a story about, you know, a bartender in the South. This is kind of a true story. You know, she had a, she had lost her job at this bar because the pandemic and um, kind of like, I took like a, a you know, a character from my past that I'd experienced and put put the scenario of what they were going through as a, a bartender working in a bar yeah, and working their job from the pandemic and no more fancy vans rolling into town because everything's shut down. You know, that right. that's that was the storyline behind that. And most of it's actual true things um, that I observed about this person and and um, wrote the song, you know, and then and then, you know, broke it down with the uh, it spread like ivy on a fence, you know, basically you know, the old trying to put it in chat, you know, the whole thing about the pandemic. And that was like during that period. And the song just came together. Yeah, there's no real like, it's not like a, you know, big hook chorus or anything. It's like, actually, it's just kind of this collection of different vibes for each part, you know. Um, and I was going after that bluesy kind of thing, you know. Um, and even the heavier stuff on the riffs and the slide guitar and all that, I kind of brought that in as the song went along. Kind of, kind of Southern rock feel, you know, I thought. Yeah, I don't know how this would have been anything but a Mark Knight song. I mean, I don't know. I think your songwriting's changed so much that maybe that's why the singer wasn't fighting because it really wasn't. <laughs> it's a different band I wasn't now. You're, a, you're a different writer. You're a different writer now. I was, but I mean, Bang Tango was original. You know, we did interesting stuff. Look at songs like you know, uh, 
wrap my wings. I brought that into the band. And, you know, I've always written different style riffs and chord progress. It's just, it, it, and I think I'm sounding like everybody else, but when people hear yeah. it, they're like, that's original. That's different. That's original. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't give him any melodies or vocals or anything. I just give him the music and just, just to see if he could latch onto it and write, write to it. But that just didn't happen. It wasn't like I'm was submitting whole songs to the guy or yeah. to the band or anything. So, okay. but I did, you know, I ended up writing these, these cool ass songs. I thought with yeah. these leftovers. Yeah. So like bag too, that was another one. I'm like, you know, let's, let's do it. You know? And that's like easily could have been up, up the alley of something we could have done with the other band, but you know, I'm not going to waste think, that stuff. I think it worked out better <laughs> for you, for you. Cause these are your songs. And I mean, if that's your mindset yeah. and you gotta be hundred percent into it. I mean, all right. So, so, Put on yourself the really great vocals on this one, like not just vocals, but the melody. It feels like it's like the timing and the phrasing on this one's a little bit different too. That was influenced by a whole different thing. Um, that that was like pretty much influenced by Elliot Smith, who I'm, Elliot Smith, right here, okay. one of my favorite singer songwriters. You know, who, who's not with us anymore, but um, I don't know. I had watched some documentary, and and my daughter Scarlett. Um, is a big Elliot Smith fan too, and and I'd watched the documentary. And I'm like, man, I want to write a song like that. You know, it inspired me. So I wrote, I wrote that song, and, and it was, it was. I had COVID at the time when I wrote that, and I was just oh, really? sitting in the backyard, and I came up with this thing, and I sent it to my daughter Scarlett. I go, check this one out, and she goes, I go, let's have a competition who can write the best Elliot Smith song, and I sent her that. And she goes, I think you won. <laughs> she's like i'm not gonna beat that that's my favorite song you've ever written <laughs> so yeah that that one was really out of left field and it was totally different from anything i've ever written except if you go back to a perfect american family my first tp there's a couple yeah. songs that are kind of like that but i had i hadn't touched on that style of writing in a long time so that was a lot of fun and then you know when we recorded it uh you know um wayne lothian played upright bass on it uh came in and put down this interesting beat and then adam hamilton he added those cool string sections that just took it to like where i heard it and it just that thing came together it was cool i was real happy with it and and like literally all the songs we've mentioned now all sound almost like i mean they all sound together but they almost sound very different like different almost like different style styles they're not like each out song are similar they're yeah all kind of different. That one's way different from the rest of the record. What I mean, nothing really sounds. It close is, but, to San, that. but San Fernando sounds different than the rest of the record too. Like yeah. everything shut down sounds way different. And there's a few songs yeah. that are a little similar, but I mean, I guess you're right. Like, how do you put these songs to string them together? You know, that's it's like kind of tricky. <laughs> you're like, I don't it, know. It, like I couldn't. I'm like, man, this is so different. It's great though. That's why I love the album because it's not like I feel like I'm stuck in one thing. I'm like, oh, I like this next song. I like the phrasing on it. It's like each song has a special thing. Like you're getting into so right. for somebody that likes a lot of music i, I really like that um cool. so then you go into lonesome songs great guitar work you know obviously the the, the, the title title track How, so what about the song that made it the title track and obviously made it your your the you know you felt like that was the song to be naming the album after so what, what was that all about i mean you know it's it's not like you know the big hit song off the record the title track it's it's basically a kind of really sad, weird song, you know, and basically it's a true story. It's about, uh, I I tap back into um, being on the road in the South and a tour that we had been on and 
with the unsung heroes we had done like i don't know two weeks or something and it was like it was basically pulled off of that exact experience that i went through with the with the characters and the band and the places we had played to the last show where um we were pretty wiped out you know and basically i'm just out here singing my lonesome songs to me is like all these songs are kind of lonesome songs so it seemed like a good name for the record a good title for the this batch of songs like you know they're not super happy songs some of them are pretty pretty deep i'm saying a lot of personal things as always but this one just lonesome songs was just like a cool sound like an uh, an album title i don't know it just seemed to seemed to wrap up the whole thing and i ran it by my wife she's like no that's it for sure i mean i had a list of about 10 other titles but i'm like really no yes yeah. she's got a good ear um yeah she helps good. a lot i bounce a lot off of her of, of anybody because she's hears this stuff all day long <laughs> she's well, in the other room and I, I know we've agreed before on the other album too on some of the, the, the off songs too so we're on the same path um yeah it was it, great i mean it's a great title i mean it's it but a lot of these songs and i know you say this is covid influenced to me they feel like stories like it's you or someone else but they feel authentic and i don't wasn't even thinking covid with some of the lines, the lines now looking back, it could be COVID related, but I've heard so many COVID song and albums lately. That's pretty easy to pick out. That was the COVID album. No, like it's not years, COVID album. I, I mean, I, no, I went, it, it isn't by any means. That's no. what I'm saying. It, even yeah. though you even mentioned it, I didn't even think of COVID during these songs, is what I'm saying. These all sound like stories just from everyday life that could be. Well shut, well, shut down, you know, I'm talking about, you know, basically, you know, everything got shut down. That's pretty much. COVID aim, but for the most part, I'm not, I'm no, I'm not writing about like, you know, being locked in your house and, you know, can't do anything, you know, not, it, it's, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that at all, but these songs were right, written around, you know, that, that lockdown time. So, you know, maybe I, I feel like just because of this, the place I was in to even come up with these ideas was during that period of time. But yeah, you're right. It's yeah. not like a, yeah, it's not a COVID related record but there are some subjects that that touch on it they are but to me i didn't always hear that i heard most different stories different like different phases of life like shutdown could mean something else to me the way you write your lyrics are it didn't always it feels like it's open to be interpreted to some of the songs like yeah as it is so that's why i heard it a little differently like last night's parade i didn't even hear it as a COVID song i heard it as more of a lifetime thing with different things and different challenges in life i heard it totally different than a COVID thing so to me that's I mean, the only thing, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's exactly what it is. It's lifetime things I dealt with, but every day seemed every day ends in day is kind of that era of time when I wrote it because that's what we, the groundhog feel of that. But right, all the scenarios are definitely things I've dealt with. So you're right. You're dead on. But there's this little okay. hints of that. Yeah. Right. Right. I'm saying to me, I'm just telling people it's not like that. I mean, it's. I think what was great is you said that, and, and I heard something different. So I think what's exciting as a fan you know, of music and singer-songwriter stuff is, I think everyone's going to hear something different out of this. They're not going to hear, which is, which is what but, the best thing of a songwriter can you could hope for. That's what you hope for. You know, we've all done it. We've taken people's songs and interpreted it our own way. And then we, we find out what it's really about. You're like, what? I had no idea that this song is about this guy doing this. And you, but you feel the story leads you into a, your own world, right? That's the whole idea about being a, a good songwriter, yeah. I think, you know? Even me hearing some of these songs, I'm like, oh, really? That's interesting. Didn't expect that. Okay, so like, here's a, these days, great song, 
probably your most, probably would have been your, your biggest rock and roll poppy song of the album. Big vocals, blistering guitar. I mean, it's great. It's catchy. It, you know, it's a good rock song. You know, right. sounds know. sounds nothing like the others before it. Also, <laughs> yeah, it's just a, well, I get a little crunchy on that one. That's that's real. Uh, once again, it was influenced. Uh, you know, inspired by the Martin guitar. I got I got that intro guitar riff, and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of Zeppelin esque. And then I built on it, and um, lyrically, it's not too. You know, it's not. It's I'm not. There's no big message behind it. It's basically like these days are going to pass. You know, the, the yeah. struggles of we're going through. I'm not I'm not trying to say anything real prolific on that. It's just you know, it's it's these days. You know, these days uh, things are going to change. It, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe one day you're the one that's going to change. You know, make these days better. You know, that's pretty much the the story behind that. And I use like you know personal, you know, waking up in the morning realizing things aren't as bad as you think and. You know, I fed the cat and had some coffee or whatever the lyrics are. They're kind of like it's it's once again real life scenarios that bring back to these days. And um maybe you're the one that needs to make the change to make them better. Did you write all these songs with an idea of hopefully integrating them in your set, putting some in, taking them out? Or are there some of these songs that you're like, I can't never do this live. I can't they yeah. were just too many layers. Just, I, I've already talked to the band, we've already discussed it, and we're trying to figure out which ones are going to work for the band, you know, which ones are, we have to get in there and, and, and pound them out because they weren't written together as a band. They were, they were written and studio recorded with guys surrounding it in the studio. So we don't know yet what it's going to go like in the rehearsal with the band, but I feel like four or five of them are definitely band friendly. We've already picked them out to kind of play live. Um, some of them, you know, some of them are real acoustic, you know, almost like I need to do them by myself or, Right. Do them acoustic with the band on the down low, kind of playing, you know, soft or something. So we're, you know, we don't, we don't have big, like, you know, big, big shows coming up where we have to like headline this record. Otherwise we'd go in and work out a lot of acoustic where we have the time to like have two guitars playing acoustic and you know do all that. But um, it's kind of like wham, bam for us. We get up and rock the house in a bar, you know, or a small venue. We're not playing like, yeah elaborate theater shows where the unsung heroes are headlining and we can really do a production with a bringing in acoustic and you know the whole thing so i'd love to get to that one day maybe i will on this record you know but it's you know when you play when you play local shows or even like you know just club tours and stuff you you want to get up there and just crank it out with electric and not worry about like plugging in acoustics and you know um so we haven't really approached it you know and then i could do these also a lot of these songs by myself solo acoustic which would would, would work fine you know well that's what i'm saying there's a lot of good songs in this album. i mean all of them are good to be ashamed to like yeah the, the ones you can't do with the band i i would say you know do them acoustically Re, rework them right. so just be right. you acoustic because it'd be ashamed to not let this album any of the songs go i mean so like so ain't the first time and actually i do great different songs you know I mean, everything is so different. I mean, so ain't the first time. What were you doing with that one? Where were we at? That was just like, I was going after a real just acoustic vocal kind of song, you know, real singer-songwriter on that. Um, you know, lyrically, it's basically about going down a road that it ain't the first time you're going to do it again. You know, basically, this is going to come back again. And there's scenarios, you know, um, 
you know, dealing with, you know, um, the Holy Ghost and like maybe like guilt from the past. And, you know, eventually you're going to go down that road and, um, you know, just checking off the bucket list. And, you know, it's just it's all kind of wordplay, kind of my lyric style. And um, but the the kind of kind of main point about it is it ain't the first time you know it's 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 gonna happen again and it's like i'll be here again and um you know i just kind of wanted that to be real real um bare bones couple acoustic there's a dobro on that and an acoustic and a voice no background that's it it's like almost like four tracks on that and and little slide solo like acoustic but that was it and that seemed to be all it needed to have for that i didn't want to like make it into a you know band song or drums and bass well it's great and i think and the fact that it goes into i do you know the song that's a, next song that's a trippy one that but honestly, it's, it's also that. A, good, a good good together that's what i'm saying it feels like going from that one to that one it feels like yeah. a great transition for like songs like it feels right i do was an interesting song and i wasn't even sure if it was going to make the record um I had done that, I don't know, two years ago with my daughter. We had we had co-wrote a song together and it was like over the holidays and she came into town and I had this idea and I'm like, come on, just come over. So we ended up, you know, putting that together. She she wrote the second verse and she ended up singing on the whole thing with me. She played a little guitar on that too. And it was just a demo. We were just messing around in the studio here. And I thought it was so great. I'm like, man, this song's great. So Adam Hamilton mixed it for us and I thought, I thought, what, what do you think, man? Uh, what do you think I do another vocal on it and have her come out again and sing another, another vocal? So we recut the vocals on that to the original track. I didn't add any more guitar or anything. It was what we actually cut as a demo. And then, um, and then he mixed it and, you know, we went back and forth, but he made, he made it kind of, he mixed it so it would match the rest of the record. He pulled the acoustics yeah. up. He added some strings he did his whole trip on it, but the original demos, it was a little bit more washed out with acoustic, but he brought it in to make it sound more like the record. And Scarlett re-sang her, her, uh, her stuff. She came out like in the summer. And then uh, once he, once he mixed it up after, you know, three or four takes of, you know, go throughs on the mixes we found one we liked and I'm like, yeah, let's put it on it. So that, that was uh, the one that almost didn't make it, but yeah, really? different. Yeah. Really good, really good. I think. Um, cool. I, I, I mean, you know, it's a beautiful voice too. I just want to add that. I mean, thanks. Well, yeah, she's I mean, doing her thing going. She's doing pretty well on her own out there. She's putting stuff out, and um, she's got a great new single coming out actually in a video. It's, she's she's working hard, but yeah, thanks. Working actually while we're talking about, it, I mean, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Does she have a, a thing we can talk refer to them to? to Scarlett Ray, she's on Spotify. She's got about, I don't know, my five or six singles out, videos on, on YouTube. That's her name. She goes by Scarlett Ray. Um, and she's just about to launch another great song, too. That she, And she's finished this unbelievable video. I'm just like, and I'm jealous. <laughs> it came out so good. It looks amazing. So well, she's yeah. she, she puts out singles. She's kind of doing the indie rock, you know, program, yeah. which a lot, a lot of these bands are doing, you know, um, a little different from my... From her, from her dad doing the old school, put a whole record out. <laughs> you know? So, but she got on the record, and I'm really happy that we got to make that fly and, um, you know, be part of it. I think it's great, and I think it's great. Uh, being related, voices are always those nice tie-in with uh, voices. You know, 
with, with parents and their kids' voices. Right. And siblings, you know, you know. Any, any blood relation, you're going to have some magic with those harmonies and just the inflection and stuff. It just yeah. kind of magically happens. Like, look at all the, the duets that are brothers and brothers and sisters yeah. and all that, you know. So that was that was a lot of fun. And, you know, Adam mixed it real cool. We got it all sounding great. And, um, yeah, so that's that one. That's great. So actually, as you write it down now, I don't don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> Another weird one. <laughs> a, little, a little different. I mean, and that's yeah. what I love about this album, because I'm like, like each song is going to be, you know, a surprise. And that was me listening to it. I'm like, what? Like I didn't, yeah. each album, each song, I was not expecting it to be like, oh, another <laughs> like certain thing. I'm like, I didn't expect this. What is this? <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, that's a really weird one. That, that one, that one didn't, almost didn't make the record either. That was also another, I don't know. That's why it's number 10. But, yeah. um, you know, it, I wrote that on acoustic, but then I ended up turning it into kind of a revved up little rock song, you know, and mm -hmm. Got got like a little dirty guitars in there and uh, came up with that little guitar line. And, 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 and it was kind of like, I don't know, to me, it was almost like REM or something. You know, it had that kind of like, when I came up with the guitar riff, that lick, after I'd already put down all the bed tracks and probably the vocals, to me, the song, like, that kind of like made it. Like, I'm like, okay, this is pretty cool. I like the, this guitar line. And it took it into kind of a different, a different area. Uh, and you know um there's some interesting cool parts in that song i think the breakdown was really different um tig played on that one so tig played on uh probably eight of the songs tig, tig keller he played but he uh he really had a good kind of groove for that one that uh that worked with the song and you know i sent him the songs with a click track he never even heard any of them well he heard this but he he basically had them for like a month just the demos with the click track and he would drive to work every day and mentally come up with drum beats for these songs and um you know then we got him in the studio and and you know he kind of brought that one to life with his beat you know like really revved it up and adam hamilton played bass on that one actually and um yeah different song you know it's great and that could be that would, would have been a great album closer but then stop the rain which is i don't know it's probably one of my let's say it's my favorite song of the album but it definitely rotates between my top three that's one of my favorites too. Absolutely, and and the solo, everything on that is so emotionally powerful. That one was, oh man, I I mean, I had I had done the demo of that and sent it to um, to Wayne Lothian uh, from the English B. He's a, he played bass on all the record, most all the tracks. He's a great friend of ours and great friend of mine. And I said, Wayne, man, just uh, you know, I sent him that in San Fernando just the demos and he had done like some really cool hopped up mixes on his own with drum machines and all this stuff and he did some really cool stuff with that and some strings and all this cool stuff and he gave it back to me i'm like what the hell i mean it was just two guitars and a voice and when i got it back from him it was just like it sounded like the verb or something i was just like this is huge man you know but it was a little too much for for yeah. this record so uh, we gave it to Adam and he uh, he went and played. He actually played the drums. He played the bass um, and he kind of set this kind of like more kind of organic old school rock kind of backbeat Zeppelin-esque kind of thing to these guitars and vocals. 
And that song, man, I couldn't stop playing. I love the way it came out. And then the strings and all that is all is all um, Wayne Lothian. He he, you know, he programmed all these killer string parts. And um, you know, Adam Adam put it together, and we co we co mixed it kind of and produced it with with Wayne. And it just came out like he's like it's the closing song. It's like you can't go wrong with this. Yeah. And I'm like, you want to save that to the very end, like. I hope people listen to the end, but you know, great records always have a good closer, right? You have to, so, it's a, but the whole thing's good. I mean, and that's the thing. The opener and the closer got to be the ones, right? So uh, we ended up putting it at the end and you know, um, I'm super thrilled with that one. Um, that's probably one of my top three as well. Right. It's, yeah. it's it's so good. I mean, but just like, so there's so much in there. I think everybody's going to find a, a different favorite. There's so many different styles in there. You know, yeah. I can hear different pieces from different time periods and, and I think, and actually people listen to it do the interview, they go out because this is the day the album's out or if you already heard it, come back. In the comments below, put, put, put your three favorites. I'm, I'm curious myself if uh, people come back and put the, I just, I'm just curious to hear if anybody uh, has different Me too, favorites. that's why I asked you. I asked you that. I said, what, yeah. what's standing out to you? And, yeah. and the ones I you know, was planning on playing um, were the ones Stop you picked. The yeah, yeah. That, that was the thing. Stop the rain, shut down, put on yourself, uh, San Fernando Valley. Um, those stick out the most. Yeah. I do. It's kind of creeping in now, moving up there. I mean, I really like them. I like, I like them all. I don't, have to, I don't skip songs on the album is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's great. I that's may go back and play a song a second time. <laughs> but everything gets played all the way through. And then I go back and I'll play that again. You know? That's a lot to absorb, you know? You know, that's why we kept it to only 11 this time. I think Days of a Dreamer, I had like 13 or 14 songs on there. It's, we kept it to just a short 11 and um so you can concentrate on each song and you know it's all over the place like you said and thankfully it's not overproduced too much so you can't no. kind of grip you can get a grip it's, on it there's not so much you got to listen to that's like so overwhelming that i gotta listen to this five times to figure out what that third guitar play no is no no I, I i think that's the problem you know i would say like when something's over the top like some bands just put too much on there it's like like it's like a food buffet where it's like so much going on like you walk in you're like oh there's, there's so much going on here it's so loud or whatever to me, this is like you get like a good sandwich with just like a lot of really good stuff on it that works well together. So it's yeah. not overwhelming as it doesn't make sense. It's just it just every time you bite into it, you get into it. There's a little extra something in there. You're like, oh, I like that part now. So I mean, it's like a little pepper in the sandwich. Yeah, a little pepper, <laughs> the flavor, a little this and that. Like each one is something different. So it's not like you're overwhelmed with the environment or the sounds. It's just you know, each one you, you, you just, there's so much extra each time in it. You know. That's, what we set out to, that's exactly what we set out to do. Keep it simple. Let people absorb it. They don't have to hear too much. But what they do here is nice and wide and full. And each part has its own identity. It's not over. You know, I added, I added a couple, probably a couple too many guitars on a couple songs, but they're just like subtly ringing in the background. You probably wouldn't even know <laughs> no. them. But I try I to keep it real simple. Left, right, two guitars. Uh, I put acoustic on every song. That's like my... That's my way of, of writing songs. I always lay those out. Then I build the electrics around those. But I try to like keep it simple. Once I had a good rhythm guitar, I just add another one in a different, you know, I did double. There's like barely any doubles. There's two guitars, but they're doing different things. It's, Which I it's love. I love. Like, I mean, to, yeah. to me, and I love the fact you do, you know, acoustic and stuff. But I'm also a fan of your, of your guitar playing also. But to me, you got a lot more guitar playing in this one, a little rockier also. But you're sticking to your songwriting, which is great. And you you got a lot braver. And like I said, you're pushing your voice differently. So it's like 
vocals I wasn't expecting and they're good. They're not just like, <laughs> I was expecting that. It was like, what? It's like, good. So to me, there's like so much a surprise. I, I don't see how this is not gonna be, uh, you know, a favorite or one of the favorite albums of, of people's, you know, of yours, especially, you know, this year. It, it's exciting. It's, it's a good album. Right on, man. Thanks, man. I'm really, really excited about your, your feedback. It's really great. Um, Thanks for being on the show, man. I appreciate it. You got it. Thank you, man.